the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You are about to listen to American Signpost, a thought that points us back to God. Wise Americans, especially wise American leaders, would be wise to want strong American churches. Pushing churches out of the public square forgets what gave the nation its start and kept us strong. It was Bible-based spiritual awakenings. The planters of New England experienced a spiritual awakening at Cambridge University in the 16th century. They then planted Massachusetts Bay Colony early in the next century. In the next century after that, the 18th, our first great spiritual awakening turned the 13 colonies away from England and toward each other, making possible the American Revolution. In the 19th century, a second great spiritual awakening preceded the Civil War and helped move Lincoln to sign the Emancipation Proclamation. Let's not purge the message of the Bible from our public square. Like never before, we need the liberating message of God's grace heard again in our life as a nation. I am Pastor William Boylan. This is an American signpost. Visit PastorBoylan.com to learn more about how history instructs our country's way back to God. That's PastorBoylan.com. Welcome to Signpost. Signposts has been posing one question. How can America's past shed light on her future? Join Signpost host, Pastor William Boylan, and his son, author Andrew Boylan, as they visit America's foundation to understand better what's happening in the world today. Get ready to hear about America's beginnings, as you have probably never heard before. Now, let's join Signpost. Well, good afternoon and welcome to Signposts. It's nice to be back with you after a few weeks. Um, This is Andrew Boylan, one of the co-hosts with my dad, William Boylan. Andrew, thanks for the invite. Uh, Good to have you back. Uh, Your sister was here last week and gave us the lowdown on being a movie maker. I know, I know. I I was sad to miss it. I know we had a couple weeks where I was here with her, and I know Shannon. She did a solo one with you, and it was it was really exciting to have her around to do some stuff. It's been a. it's been an interesting summer. It's kind of nice to be gearing back up for the fall and getting back to the the show the way it's always been, and uh, and I and I've been thinking about that a lot. But uh, and that'll introduce us to our topic for today. But I I really want to take one moment and just uh, do some house cleaning and let people know that on September twenty third at two p.m. I'll be at the Barnes and Nobles in Millbury, Massachusetts, which is right near Worcester, and I'll be hosting a panel discussion on young adult literature. Writing, publishing, so if you have any teens, preteens, even college age, I know it's a very popular genre, and it's going to be an entire national push by Barnes & Nobles that weekend to do sort of teen reading week, and um, so that I'll be a part of that on the weekend. There'll be also workshops and different events going on, giveaways and prizes and such, so if kids are interested in coming out or even adults that are interested in that kind of literature or write and are looking for tips on publishing, um, I'll be there with um, several writers, and I can talk about that in future episodes. I don't have all the names in front of me now, but we're kind of coordinating all that right now, but I will be there. Um, hosting that, so I'm very excited. It's been it's been a whirlwind summer of lots of promotion for my book and writing, and and it's been a whirlwind summer for you, Dad, with this new transitions going on, and and just, and getting some respite as well as uh, gearing up for. T- really, we're looking at taking signposts 
like full on and really, really trying to figure out how to turn this into its own ministry. And we were talking about it the other night. And and I think that it'd be really sort of fun as we end the summer to really talk about that, talk about the history of Byfield and sort of maybe what led to this, um, you know, and and really, I mean, there's just so many things that I think that you bring to the table that I think people who know you know that you bring to the table, but there's a wider audience probably out there who would like to know more about what it would what it's like to be a minister for 50 years and young pastors and young churches and growing churches or churches in transition who can really learn from your experience at Byfield and after 50 years at a church, which was an amazing amount of time. Nobody gets that opportunity like you did. No, it's true. And when you think of it in terms of the fact that 50 years is half a century, Absolutely. It sounds, sounds even more impressive. But it does. Yeah. No, it's been quite an experience for me because uh, I'm at the stage now where I have uh, the, hind- the perspective of hindsight. In other words, I can look back and see things that, of course, I couldn't see when they were happening. At least I could. I mean, I knew they were happening. I'm not being blind in that way, but not the significance of what they meant. And so I, I really feel there's a great deal of clarity all of a sudden popping onto the screen uh, uh, in front of me so I can see my own life reflected back to me in terms of what God was really doing. What was it all about? Does it have any relevance beyond my personal experience or maybe the life of the Byfield Parish Church? And of course, we trust that it does. That's why we're on signposts and not... Uh, uh, you know, simply hiding uh, away in a corner somewhere and and uh, remembering, but rather out there in public, uh, giving some giving some hopefully uh, giving hopefully some uh, some real insight to especially young pastors who are just starting out. Uh, they're in a different age or in a different culture, but the gospel just does not change, and the and really the methods of the Holy Spirit don't change. Uh, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, because the Holy Spirit is God. And so whether you're talking about the Son of God or God the Father or the Holy Spirit, uh, they know what they're doing. They've been on the same track from the day they said, let there be light. <laughs> and they're still shining light into the world. Mm-hmm. And and I feel that uh, after this half century in one place as a pastor of one church, uh, I, I can see more light than I ever saw by mm. I say, looking back at my own experience, but but not just that, it's how it wove itself into the life of the congregation mm. and then what God did with that congregation and is doing with it now. Yeah. Wow. It, I, yeah, and it's it's interesting. Um I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about and signposts in general, as we look ahead. We're really not at another at a year point, but it, it has that feeling. I guess maybe it has that feeling because we spent the summer in different locations and you you've been traveling around and I've been um busy with other things and, and uh around New England and we've been, you know, sort of doing episodes separately and a little bit in conjunction, but for the most part we had a little hiatus and 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 it gave me time and i think and and you and we were talking the other night time to look at signposts and and when i think about how it all how this began a year or so ago now it has to be and i know you've said this on many, many occasions you know it has to be the work of god we didn't 
asked to be on Signpost. I certainly was never wasn't even looking at the radio. I mean, I would come in. You had been on for twenty five years, and I knew a lot about it. But I, you know, it wasn't something. It was in my purview. It wasn't. And so, when things happen where you have where you play no role in it, and it just happens to you, I I feel like there has to be God at work in that and putting this together and and how we ended up with our own show you know it was it it really was somebody else's show to begin with and that person got ill and and they asked us to help fill in and then it turned into our own thing and so when i think about that i think about well what is and one of the things that we've talked a lot about is the history of america and one of the big questions you know i think that's rife in our time is where do where does american history fit right now what is happening what is happening in the culture there seems to be a divided culture and um, how can we speak to that as people who are, you know, in no way connected to the larger political movements of our time necessarily? We don't, you know, I vote, but I don't carry signs down the street and I certainly don't meet in, you know, in in, in major bodies. And, and um, although you had in the 80s and 90s with Reagan, you do have some experience in that. But we're not, you know, in the Trump campaign or in Bush's campaign or Clinton or any of, you know, or any of the um, the things. But we definitely have insights and God has spoken to you over the years. And but there's a history that exists in Byfield and there's many ministers who have had at Byfield that have had that longevity that you had. And I find that interesting and would love to hear some of your thoughts on that. I love that that why, you know, I, I don't know if there's a why question in there, but really like how has that worked that there were these men that had almost half a century several times and you were part of that heritage at Byfield? It's a uh, unique good, situation. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a good question, Andrew. Of course, uh, it's so unique in the modern times. A uh, 10-year ministry seems like one that's forever and uh, 20 years is unconscionable and you have to begin to really check one's uh, mental capacities when you get into 30, 40, 50. <laughs> no, it's not totally true, but but it, but it is unusual. It's, it, we're not in the Puritan age when a mm-hmm. uh, pastor was called, settled down, lived there with his people till he died and the next pastor came and and that really was the model then. People weren't moving from churches to churches. They were going in and they were staying. They were called to one place and they stayed. They were in real ways like I was at Byfield and am. I didn't, I'm still a member of the church. I still go there. I'm Pastor Emeritus, so it isn't as if I've fled. Uh, but uh, th- they came to be part of that congregation's life for their life. Mm. And that's what I did. I, I don't know. Uh, how uh, accurate is what I'm saying now, and since I'm appealing to my own memory, it may sound strange, but but uh, 50 years ago, I believe, uh, well, I, I know this. I know I had a feeling down inside that when I was called to Byfield, I was called to a place as well as to a task. Mm. I wasn't just called to preach and to tell the people what the truth is and let it, uh, you know, let it kind of percolate there. No, I was there to, to live uh, among my people as one of them, but who had a calling to proclaim the gospel. And and even more specific, to be a watchman. Mm. I was watching over a flock, and a lot of that uh, is 
a matter of giving warnings to people. I don't mean I don't mean in a harsh way. I don't mean in a supercilious way. I don't mean in a certainly not in a superior way. But in the way we we, we would love our own children, uh, when we see them approaching danger or something that's going to hurt them, we don't stand back and say, "Well, you know, that's the, that's their problem. That's mm-hmm. our problem." Uh, no, don't go in the road. Don't hold my hand. Right. Don't play too close to the edge of the cliff. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. not; those aren't acts of uh, uh, kind of, uh, shall we say, tyrannizing them. It's an attempt to save their lives, <laughs> and yeah. and in a in a real way, that's a major part of the pastoral ministry, to warn that darkness is not light, mm. and if the light in you and is and the light in you is darkness, how deep is that darkness? Mm-hmm. And the gospel message has been given to light the world. And you mentioned that uh, that my interest is, and I think our interest together is, uh, in the call of this country as well. Not that I, I do not believe it's a Christian country because I don't think any such thing exists. Mm-hmm. I've said this many times, but maybe it's a good time since we are kind of looking at ourselves and our mission and our ministry mm-hmm. and signposts. It's, it's maybe a good time to say again, what what is a country like the country we live in, the United States of America, can we discern, can we detect what God's purpose is for this nation being? Mm. And I may change my mind. I may see things more clearly. Hopefully, uh, even though I'm I'm probably in the latter years of my life, uh, I still love to learn. But the thing I think I've learned to this point, anyway, is that we are a common grace nation. Mm. That's how I would describe us. Not as a Christian nation, but as a nation of people that God has raised up to use to do a lot of good in the world. Mm. And I give all the credit to God because if God withdrew himself and waited for us to do good, no good would ever come of it. Because why? Because none is good but God. That's just a biblical fact of life. Mm given us, ourselves, left to ourselves, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Mm. So it's the interposition or it's the entrance of God into this fallen world that brings about any good at all. Mm. Now, when you look from that vantage point, it, it really unmasks a lot of the hostilities we're seeing presently in the culture. Mm. It's, I'm not trying to judge the judges, and I don't mean the judges in courts, but the people that come into the streets rioting and, and, and attacking other people because of their views or their beliefs or what have you, which you're seeing a lot of it, unfortunately, right yeah. now. It's happened over time, and it's uh, rising to something of a crescendo at the moment. But if someone were to ask me in a wider forum, particularly, uh, let's say I'm being interviewed on one of the national networks, and they said, you know, how do you see it? Well, here's how I see it. Uh, The implication of the hostilities we're seeing is that there's something good about the people who are putting down or trampling on the people they see as bad. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's an implication. I, I don't know them. I haven't talked to them. I don't search the hearts. I'm like anyone else. But that would be my my initial conclusion that this this country has lost sight of grace and is operating on the basis of a 
achievement or deserts or, or, or something like that, deserving. And we're seeing people in our culture who others see as undeserving. Mm. And they're being attacked mm-hmm. for almost being uh, in the position of, of, of robbing something that belongs to somebody else in the culture. Now, now I'm not talking about I'm not talking about uh, car thieves or that. I'm just being, uh, as an attitude, right? And and so uh, I would think one thing that signposts ought to point to uh, is the fact that. Uh, there is no one good but God. The fallen world is the fallen world. We uh, were born into it. If left to our own selves, we are really the playthings of the devil. Mm. And I don't say that uh, just lightly or, or superciliously. We, uh, the, the Satan is real. He has a hammerlock on the human race. Well, he doesn't now because Christ broke his hold. Mm-hmm. That was what was happening on the cross. Right. Uh, Satan was being cast out of heaven in the sense of he was being bound. He couldn't do everything he wanted to do. He is not gone. Uh, he, he, he is uh, uh, having his way in a lot of ways on the earth today among us. But in one very significant way, he is bound. Up until Christ died, the gospel was pretty much confined to the Jewish people, mm. to the Israelite nation, to the apostles, and when Christ died, He said, "Okay, I did some." I'm putting my words to it, but this is what He meant. He meant I did something uh, so profound on that cross that you can now go all the world, and you can preach the gospel to every nation, mm. because the evil one has no longer the capacity, no longer the right to hold people in his bondage. I can. I can despoil him. I can enter his kingdom and take his people away and make them my own. Mm. That's what conversion is. It, it is being transferred from darkness to light, mm. from the power of Satan to God. It's receiving an inheritance by faith in Jesus Christ. And, and uh, well, I, I, I better be careful here. I don't roll around so we go off the target. But that No, I, sense, I think that's well, really well, in a sense, that's what Signpost thing. wants to I do. think so. Yeah. Signpost wants to say uh, you're, on, you're on the road whether, and we are, whether we like it or not, we were born. So we're on the path. Yep. <laughs> and, and we'll stay on the path till this life ends. Uh, so, hopefully, we are rational beings who want to go down the right path, yep. who wants to go down a dead-end street, absolutely. <laughs> who wants to drive their car over a bridge that's just ready to collapse. Nobody does. We want to sign up. Dangerous. <laughs> this bridge only holds so many tons, yep. and if you know your tonnage of your car and it's too much, you can stay away. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's what signpost is. Absolutely. Stay away from weak bridges and dead-end streets. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I mean, I think that it, what you're... What you're saying, you know, goes deep to the heart of what, you know, we were talking about what we've been searching for as we've been developing this show and trying to figure out what exactly this show is, what the ministry could be, because I know at, at heart, at the the most fundamental level, your calling was to spread God's word. And that's what what we want Signpost to be whatever that form it takes, you know, whether it be to talk about, you know, where, how God has weaved his way through American history or, or his, or world history, or talking about, 
something as idiosyncratic as how we move through a single ministry for 50 years. Mm-hmm. It, it all is going towards the same end and just to spread the gospel as far and wide as it can go and being a part of being a vessel of that. that. And so what you were saying, I mean, I think comes right to the heart of what, you know, that is the core message. You know, all the other is just a way of finding some sort of metaphor for that or some sort of articulation of that. Whereas at the heart, it is about that we are the sign, you know, the signposts to stop the dead ends and not go on to the broken bridges. But to say this is what, you know, God has done, you know, in creation and bringing darkness, bringing people from darkness into light. And uh, no, and I think that that really encapsulates, you know, what this, you know, ministry going forward is all about. If I were to point it to a book of the Bible and. Well, certainly for me. And uh, you, if you're listening and you're interested, you might want to read this book. It's not the easiest book to read. It's not certainly the most popular one. And it's full of images, and it's uh, really apocalyptic. It's the book of Ezekiel. Mm. Ezekiel. I suppose, if I were to guess, that the one thing about the book of Ezekiel that most Christians might be aware of is the fact that uh, God took Ezekiel to a valley full of bones. The war was... Uh, over in a sense, and all the all the dead folk were laying on the valley, and they weren't didn't even have a skin on them anymore. Now they were just bones, dry bones on the valley floor. Mm-hmm. And uh, and God says to Ezekiel, God didn't do it. Well, God did what happened, but I mean, He told it. He did it through Ezekiel. He said, Ezekiel, preach to those bones. And Ezekiel must have thought that God had lost his mind. <laughs> That's a pretty unpromising congregation. Yep. <laughs> a valley full of dry bones. Yeah, but Ezekiel obeyed him. Ezekiel uh, said to the bones what God told him to say. And as he spoke the word of God, the bones began to come together. They rattled. They mm-hmm. rejoined. Finally, when Ezekiel was done his preaching, there was a whole army standing before him, all resurrected. Mm. Now, that's a, that's a vision. Uh, uh, Ezekiel didn't go to a valley, and it wasn't that way. I could have. I mean, God can do anything. Look at the universe we live in. It's miraculous. Mm-hmm. And uh, God called it into being. So he, he could have done it. But I, but I think the point in the book is that God was showing Ezekiel a purpose, the purpose mm-hmm. of Ezekiel's call and the prospect of that call, what was going to happen. God was going to raise the dead and is going to raise the dead. Uh, there's a new world coming. Uh, the, uh, it's a new heaven and a new earth. This earth. And it's this old earth resurrected. So for me, now why I say that? Well, because I was called into the ministry out of that book. Mm. And I've done a lot of thinking about that book. And as I've gotten to the stage of uh, being emeritus now, but having almost 50 years Mm. in one pulpit, I look back at that, uh, my initial call, and I extrapolate from that call certain things in the book of Ezekiel. I need to explain that for the listener. Uh, When I became a Christian... I had grown up in a church that pretty much put the Bible on the shelf, gave it lip service, but in actual truth was really following the culture. 
Mm. Now, that, that, I'm trying not to be too judgmental, but I certainly had no real understanding of the biblical message by going to that church I went to in my growing up years. Mm. Uh, I thought I was pretty good. I didn't, uh, I didn't rob any banks. I uh, had no interest in killing people. I was a good person, <laughs> mm. you know, uh, at least I thought so. And I put myself, if, I, if there was a pecking order in this world, I put myself in the upper bracket, you know. And I think most of us do, don't we? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, but God had to get my attention, and he had to teach me what I just said in, in the last, uh, when we were talking a minute ago, uh, that no, that, that anything you can attribute in your own life to and call really honest to goodness good, I did it, the Lord speaking. I did it. I gave you that. I, I moved in your life. I gave you parents that were good to you. I gave you peace in your home. I gave you all those things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you didn't deserve them. You you didn't do anything for them. They were gifts of mine to you. And you don't recognize it because you don't understand who I really am. And I didn't understand who God was. Mm-hmm. In fact, if you would try to tell me before I was a Christian that Christ was the Son of God, I would have had good, solid arguments to say, well, here's my 18 reasons why I don't think that's so. Mm. And God pulled the rug out from under me. He said, okay, try this. And he he took the rug and he pulled it out. And as soon as he pulled it out, I went flat on my nose. Mm. Now, what happened was I did something that I was ashamed of. Right, and, and and I know we're running out of time here, so let me hold on to that for a minute. And if you come back and you want to hear what happened to me, I'll tell you. Excellent. That's exactly that's that's perfect because we are we're running into our first commercial break here on Signposts. But I just want to let everybody know you've been listening to Signposts and WBIX, and you can find out more about our ministry at pastorboylan.com dot com, and you can find out much more about Signposts and what we are about here. And we'll be back in the next half hour. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.